and welcome to Live, Laugh, Eat, episode seven. And today's episode is called The Extra 1% because January is just around the corner and I know that loads of you will probably be cranking your diet and training up a notch, um, including myself. That's what I'll be doing this January. And as much as I speak about not stressing the small details or not worrying so much about being optimal as being consistent, I also appreciate that actually there might be some of you listening to this that have zero problem being consistent. And actually, you might want to focus on those extra bits you can do to accelerate your results, particularly if you're thinking about competing, doing a photo shoot, or you just have a more extreme fat loss goal. So to help me do that this week, I thought I would bring in someone who is doing extremely well in the world of contest prep coaching right now, and he's had some epic results with his clients this season. He's also sat here very quietly pretending that he hasn't already heard me do this introduction once because it just crashed. So please welcome... Pulling off the tongue really well. So, (laughs) so great. So fluent. Please welcome Mr. Christian Chapman. How are you doing, Christian? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me having me on. Yeah, thank you. For staying, thank you for staying awake through that introduction twice. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's great. Don't worry. Yeah, hopefully we won't have Wi-Fi issues. I'm blaming Birmingham because that's where Christian is right now. Yeah. Don't, give it, don't give it away. I don't want stalkers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll drop your address in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one with the pink light. He's got pink light in the background yes. right now. Yeah, yeah. Just look for the neon. <laughs> So for anybody that has been living under a rock and doesn't know who you are, did you want to kick things off by doing a little bit of an intro? To I, I know people hate it when I do this. Like, tell me about yourself, but give it the, the condensed version, bit of background and why you think I might have got you on this podcast today. Okay. So, oh, that sounds that one. I don't want to big yeah. myself up. Do it. Um, right. So, coach, well, Christian, but everyone knows me as CBC or coached by Christian or whatever, or idiot normally. <laughs> um, been coaching for like seven years now, something like that. Um, left my full time job three and a half years ago now. And since then, it's just been kind of pretty mental. Um, did the whole, I, I, and I still do, I still coach gem pop guys and girls. To be honest, at the moment, I'd say 95% of my inquiries are female. Um, I don't know if you tend to find that it's a slot. Well, you only coach females, but <laughs> I don't know if you'll agree with this statement. You know, when like you get one or two good, really good females, like they all start to kind of like follow along. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I like that. I prefer coaching females to, to males, to be honest. It's way easier to coach. Um, Do you know what? You are the first male coach that I've ever heard say that. Yeah, but I think... Usually people think that females are harder to coach. Nah, I think it's way easier. Um, I think, I think my personality though helps with that because I get on better with females anyway. Yeah. Because I could, I just, I don't know. I, I can get a female to tell me app, like anything, like and they could, and because they tell me everything, I can coach them better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they don't moan ever really, and they've got a higher pain threshold than men by far. And you can push them fucking hard, and they fucking love it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Kind of started out with just like normal. Gen pop coaching. As soon as I started competing, obviously you start getting more competitors, and then as you just start getting busier overall, you just get more and more competitors. And this year has just by far been 
busiest year of my life. <laughs> I don't know how I'm still here, to be honest, because it has been fucking mental. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was the that was the goal. You know, if you told me it last year, I would have been like, yeah, man, I really want that. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much... That's pretty much me. Got a couple of coaches that work for me now as well, which is cool. So we look after everyone. Yeah. You're being super modest in that. It has been one hell of a year for you. And some of your like results and placings and just some of your athletes look absolutely insane. So you are killing it at the yeah, moment. We've, we've put a we've put a lot of effort into this year. And every you know, time I look at your Instagram as well, you're at a different show. Like I physically yeah. in different countries. So I don't know how you cope. Yeah, the 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 travel this year has been pretty uh, it's been a lot it's been a lot um still got two left so go netherlands on thursday and then to monday get back three days later go to france so last two though yeah well, i bet bet you need a break <laughs> yeah in big time <laughs> so let's kind of kick this off then because i said obviously you heard the intro at the start of this podcast we're going to ramble about that kind of extra bit that people can do what would you say, because you're coaching both gen pop and competitors, what would you say is the biggest difference between a contest prep diet and like a, a gen pop diet, like a normal diet that somebody's doing? So obviously I'm going to, I'm going to use some words that we're all accustomed to in the fitness industry. Flexibility, like unfortunately on a prep, in my opinion anyway, and look, there's people that do a prep and they'll do if it fits your macros and they'll you know, eat protein bars and eat protein ice cream and stuff like that. In my opinion, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a place for it. I don't. Like, that's not me being fucking Hitler. But <laughs> at the end of the day, they're paying me to get the best result they can. I'm only going to tell them to do the things that I think is going to give them the best result. Mm. And that doesn't ever really come in the form of things that are going to make you shit yourself <laughs> when you eat them. Do you know what I mean? It's true though, right? Yeah. No. no. I was exactly the same when I used to coach. I don't coach so many competitors now, but I used to say the exact same thing to them because it's like when you're running calories that low to get that lean or fuel is limited and your job as a competitor is to hold on to muscle mass, you need to be putting in the best type of fuel and you need nutrients. And actually, like a lot of the stuff that they're only fitness products because they're marketed that way, but all it is is lower calorie junk food, like a lot of it essentially yeah, it is and i mean to be fair at the end of the day the the, the process is the same for whether you're gen pop or whether you're competing like if the goal is to lose body fat then you're doing the same you're you know you're eating a deficit you know simple as that but whereas my gen pop guys they come to me and say hey man i'm gonna have this is that okay yeah man fucking i'm never gonna pull someone back on that because i want them to actually enjoy what they're doing and people do get enjoyment out of food or going out or having a meal with a partner and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, if I get a message from a client that's on prep and they say, hey, bro, it's my birthday, <laughs> tell someone who cares. Like, you know, I'm not being horrible, but you can't afford to. Yeah. You know, I've, to be fair, I say that. The guy who's competing this weekend, I gave him fucking an off plan on his birthday because he's absolutely peeled, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he needed it. Um, but it is going to be just way more meticulous, way more consistent. Like, I, I always, like, when I'm doing a set of video for a client, and I'll say it to both gem pop and um, competitors, there's a box where it says accuracy to plan. If you are on prep, and it's not 100% every single day, you, you, you've fucked it. 
because again, like, you know, when someone's on stage and they're not in shape, who do you, who do you think people blame? Yeah. The coach. So yeah. I don't want to look like a dickhead. <laughs> I don't like looking like a dickhead. Okay. And I want, if you, if you want to get more business and more clients and stuff like that, you've got to be displaying the best you can on stage. And that's, you know, they're a product for your work. Whereas accuracy to plan when it comes to a gen pop, I don't expect you to be a hundred percent every day because it's not realistic. Yeah. Because most of the people that are competing, their life is competing. So they, it's easy for them to be a hundred percent because that's life. Whereas a gen pop, their life is they've got work, they've got kids, they've got a wife and all this sort of stuff. I don't want you to be a hundred percent every day because if you're being a hundred percent every day, you're probably fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Which is true, right? So look, the main thing, like the main difference between that is flexibility. Like you don't have, you don't have margin for error when you're competing, in my opinion. Like if it says 105 gram or something, it's 105 gram, it's not 106. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with Gem Pop, it's like, right, I've had some squares of dairy milk. Sweet man, go for it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, cool. You're still losing weight. Yeah, cool. If you're gaining three or four kilos a week, I'm probably going to tell you to rein it in. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it's like, not that I'm like a martyr with competitors. I still, I still coach in the same way. I still like to have fun and stuff like that. But if you take the piss on prep, I'm calling you out on it. Yeah. I think that's it. And I think, like you said, they're paying you to do that thing. I think with competitors, it is something very different. And one of the reasons that I had to step away from coaching competitors is I just because of a shift in like my own personal sort of values, relationship with food, stuff like that, I no longer felt comfortable saying to somebody you can't do that you can't have that cake on your birthday you can't you know I I was no longer prepared to put somebody's and that's not to say by the way if you're that prep coaches don't care about people's relationship with food there are coaches like yourself that that do but ultimately you have to put that result of getting somebody leaner before that you know you have to ignore what are sometimes some little red flags with that and say to people actually no you can't have these foods yeah. Um, and I, I think for me, I just no longer felt comfortable doing that. A proper coach should be explained to the client before they embark on a prep what it's going to entail. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Because yeah, I definitely. think a lot of people think... now, because competing's like popular, they go into it fucking blind, man, and they have no idea what they're in for. Yeah. What would you say? So, you know, when we're talking about that box in your client check-ins and their accuracy to plan like what what does that entail if somebody's listening to this thinking well hang on a minute I was thinking about like competing like what are you what would you say somebody needs to be doing as a given before they think about that extra one percent dialing it up a notch okay well basics are let's be honest you've got to get your food in okay and if it's contest prep-esque it should be at certain times of the day, every single day. And it should be routined because if you check in in the next day and you're a kilo up and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, well, I ate my meal at 1am. Right. Okay. Well, why the fuck are you eating your meal? Well, I lost track of time for the day. Okay. Well, that's not consistent enough. Unfortunately, it's just not. I get that life runs away from people at times and stuff like that, but 
if you're doing that fucking three or four times a week, it skews things a lot. Um, so yeah, they're getting their food in. Okay, expenditure. If I've set them a certain amount of cardio, the certain amount of cardio gets done. Simple. Okay, if I've set them an amount of steps, that certain steps get done. Okay, there's your there's your basics nailed. Water. If I'm setting you a target of fluid to be drinking, you drink that exact amount of fluid every day. Simple. Yeah. Okay, your sodium. If I'm telling you to put this amount of sodium on your food, that's what it is. Simple. They're, they're basics. That's following a plan, really. Yeah. Um, they're the, the big rocks, as I would call them. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that's kind of listening to this, because they might have heard like people like me on this podcast go, you know, if you want to lose weight, meal timing doesn't matter so much. Mm-hmm. Um, in a gem pop scenario, yeah. could you just explain for anybody listening to this why it matters for a competitor? Because I say the exact same thing, by the way, to my competitors, but why it matters for a competitor in a way that it doesn't matter for somebody else. Okay, so well, there's going to be a good, a fair few reasons here for sure. So, look, like I know that a lot of people will, you know, backload their food and stuff like that because they want to eat more in the evening, which again is there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine as a as a gen pop. Um, but if I've got someone that's training midday, well, I want their bolus of calories to be around the workout. So pre intra post so intro is when you are training you will be consuming calories i'm not talking you eating protein bars whilst you're training you're gonna be having a, a protein source and a, a carbohydrate source in the same drink some creatine some sodium um so mainly for performance obviously and most importantly like what are you doing on a prep you're losing body fat the more body fat you lose the more your recovery is going to suffer i want to give them the best chance of being fully recovered Okay, and also holding on to as much muscle mass through that prep. And that is going to be coming from when you're most sensitive to, to eating food, which is going to be around your workout. Pre to fuel it, intra to also fuel it and help with recovery straight away, and then post out post workout for recovery. If you're feeling dog shit around your workout and it's because you're waiting to eat all your calories on night on the night, you're probably going to look shitter. Well, not probably. You are going to look shitter. As simple as that. Okay. And again, you're coming to me to have the best job done and you pay me for a result. Here's the best way to fucking get that result. Simple. So, and also like, I, I even with Gempot, I don't really like people like backloading food. I'm always going to put someone's biggest meal at the end of the day because that makes the most fucking sense. You're having your dinner. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. if someone comes with that, I'm really fucking hungry in the morning. I'm going to put some in the morning. But if that's not optimal for someone's fat loss on a prep, I don't care if they're hungry at meal one or meal five. If you're prepping, you're going to be fucking hungry. Because simple. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe, you know, performance and recovery, which is, you know, the whole fucking parameter of your prep is going to be based on that. You know, so. Yeah, I think... I think that's the thing. People have to be careful as well when they listen. And I'm somebody that makes these statements like that stuff doesn't matter. It only doesn't matter if it's stopping you being consistent. So because ultimately what's going to get you results if, if we're talking about fat loss is adhering to a calorie deficit. But by the time you get to a prep scenario, 
it's a given that you're going to be able to adhere to a calorie deficit. Otherwise, why on earth are you, it's like saying you're going to be a runner with no legs. Like why on earth are you deciding to compete? Um, But I think we do have to be careful sometimes because if you don't struggle to adhere to your calorie targets, like this is stuff that I'll be saying to my clients. Like if you want to look better, time your food around your training for those exact reasons you've outlined and I do think sometimes I have to be careful as well with like messaging that I put out on social media that I'm quite relaxed with these things and that I eat a bit more intuitively but the reality of it is if we actually delved into it and looked at my day I do put my food around my training window I always get in carbs before training there's always a certain amount of protein post-workout but I don't have to meticulously track all of those things like I did in my competing days because my competing days taught me those things. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people need to be careful. And it's why I thought it'd be good to get you on this podcast because there almost does seem to be this trend now of this stuff doesn't matter. And it does still matter because the things that I do now to maintain my physique are not the things that got me the physique that's easy for me to maintain right now. Yeah. But... I think if some if you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling to just adhere to a calorie target, then eat your food whenever you whenever you fucking like. Like just make sure, you know, you're sticking to your calories. But if you're listening to this thinking I'm doing all of those things, like you could actually learn a few things from competitors and actually being a bit more rigid. It's not the end of the world if you don't hit it, like yep. it is for a competitor. But I don't know. Would you agree with that? I just think there seems to be a bit of a trend of sometimes people getting a bit too loose with it all as well. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And that's because they see other people doing it, but probably not realising the people that are doing it probably got way superior genetics than that person. That, you know, they'll look (laughs) at the weight and they grow. They diet for two weeks and they're fucking peeled. All that sort of stuff. There is people that can get away with it. I'm a perfect example of someone that cannot get away with that. You know, so I am going to be meticulous. Like if I'm prepping, it's everything is fucking on, and there's no. I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best. Simple, yeah. but like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like I think people have become like trying to find the easy way. I don't need to do cardio; I'll just do steps. No, you're going to need to do both. You fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think that's it and yeah like in a prep scenario the thing is even just for health like I have it with clients and I'll explain like you know yes steps are good for daily activity yes you don't need to be hitting them every day or doing cardio every day but actually elevating your heart rate a few times a week is going to have a lot of benefits that doing just steps and keeping your heart rate at a certain level won't give you so this stuff it does matter but I think it's all about where people are at I think and and so I think that's a lot of the problem with this social media nutrition information that's out there is it people don't factor in well actually who are they talking to where am I at right now and you get like you know what I mean women walking into the office with their Tupperware boxes because they saw somebody else doing it yeah. <laughs> when actually you know they don't need to be doing that yeah exactly it's like you know you can lose weight and be a normal human like i think people forget that like that you've got to go absolutely full send and granted if you go full send you're gonna see the results quicker but at what detriment yeah yeah so yeah that's it and i think you know there's a lot of 
I talk a lot as well about sustainability, but I also think it's worth remembering that as long as you've got an exit plan, not everything that you do has to be sustainable. So if you want to have a crack at being optimal and cranking it up a notch and like, like some of my clients will call it stupid things, but like bro January, do you know what I mean? So like, I want to live like a competitor for a month and I'm like, cool, let's do it then. Like, um, but as long as the exit plans there, then I think it's absolutely fine. Um, Okay, so nutrition side of things, so like food timing. On the training side of things, what's the difference in terms of like how you'd program, say, a competitor versus like a gen pop person? I'll be honest, there isn't much difference. Okay, for me especially, because for me, the most important thing with training is enjoyment. Okay, because if you enjoy something, you put more effort in. If you put more effort in, you get more results. If you get more results, you're probably going to stick to it. So it all just goes around in a a big, nice fucking circle. But a lot of it is going to be like, right, well, if this gen pop, they've got a really high pressure job, they've only got 45 minutes. Well, I'm going to have to program it different. Yeah, simple. But at the same time, you know, I think I've got, I've immediately came into my head. I had a guy on prep this year who is big in the corporate world and he does not have a lot of time still got absolutely fucking peeled you know Mm. like i'm not going to say like training is not as important it is massively important for sure um but i value more of just an enjoyment factor of they're enjoying their training and it's like are they recovering i'm probably going to put more emphasis into the recovery side of things with a with a competitor because if they're absolutely fucked Okay, that's not good at certain points. Granted, you're going to have, as a competitor, you're going to have to get to a point where you're telling me, bro, I feel fucking trashed. And it's like, okay, well, we need to have a look at recovery standpoint. And then it's like, right, as they're getting closer to the show, their volume in the gym should be coming down because you can't recover from it. Simple. And it's just like people think, yeah, but I want to be burning more calories in the gym. Okay, well, I'll tell you now, mate, you ain't burning that many fucking calories in the gym, especially when you've got fuck all body fat left. You know, you might be burning. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because I thought that might be something we disagree on there. Because sometimes some coaches have this logic, and I've seen it like I see, used to see it a lot when I used to coach competitors and I'd see their plans from old coaches. This mm-hmm. logic that as they run closer to their show, their volume should go up. No. because they're lifting lighter do you know what I like that was I, I assume that was their logic that oh they're on less food they're getting weaker or we need to expend more energy so they would increase their volume at a time when recovery is compromised and food's really low yeah yeah uh, anyone that thinks so, yeah. that is done as fuck so <laughs> there you go if you're yeah. listening to if you're in a prep and your coach <laughs> did that go and speak to Christian yeah come to me <laughs> um but yeah there's no like so there's no difference in the way that you'd program like training split or anything like that or tell them to train any harder or less hard or anything yeah I mean, look like, like if somebody's listening to this thinking, i want to get i want to get myself a massive set of glutes this year mm-hmm. how would you tell them to like approach that you're probably going to train glutes four times a week love uh, so you know, ready for it um look again with females look they can handle so much more volume than men 
And nothing makes me happier when a girl comes to me and says, look, man, I just want to get a massive set of glutes and delts. I'm like, right, I know exactly what I'm going to do with you. At the end of the day, like the training, it, it's like that's the enjoy. Like pe- people enjoy that part. Do you know what I mean? So it's fuck. That's easy. It's just like right, working volume up over time. Can you recover from this? Yes or no? Right. Okay. Well, next week we're going to do more. Tell me when you can't recover from it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Again, in terms of training splits and stuff like that, it's dependent on the client. You know, firstly, what can they fit in, and what what do they enjoy? Like. You know, most people these days have heard of fucking push-pull legs or upper-lower or full-body splits and stuff like that. It's whatever that client's going to gel with the best. I normally got a pretty good eye for that now, so. Yeah. Is there any difference in, like, time of day you tell somebody to train versus not? No. I've had clients have have prepped that train fasted. I've got ones that train at fucking 9 p.m. at night. Whatever is, like... I hate when people say there's an optimal time of training. Okay, well, that time might not be optimal for this guy, you fucking idiot. Yeah. So it's like if his optimal is 3 p.m. versus someone else's optimal is 9 p.m., well, that's what's optimal for them. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I've always said that because I've always been like a 5, 6 a.m. trainer. Mm-hmm. And there's so much stuff you read, like you're stronger in the evening. You should train after a full day. I've never had any issues training at 5, 6 a.m. And actually, if anything, I feel stronger then than I do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because all I want to do by that point of the day is nap. <laughs> um, yeah, part-timer over here <laughs> compared to you anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so outside of like... I guess, diet and training then, are there any other variables that you would be looking at with like a prep client that you might not necessarily look at with a gem pop client? I'd like to look at it with everyone and like to improve it for everyone, but it's very difficult. And it's one supplement that's one of the best supplements in the world and it's free. Okay, Laura, what is it? of the best supplements in the world and it's free yeah what do you do every Water. night sleep yes <laughs> fucking there you go so <laughs> sleep the dog <laughs> sleep is is literally <laughs> the best supplement you can ever use for fat loss and it's free so studies show that people that sleep eight hours as compared to five burn 30 percent more body fat so you want to be yeah. fucking sleeping, you know, and I get, unfortunately, and look, I, you know, I'm very much a do as I say, not as I do. My sleep's fucking shit. Um, but like everything is better if you've had good sleep. It just is. Like your training will be better. Your performance is better. Your fat loss is better. Everything's just better. You've got more energy. Sweet. But it sometimes, well, not sometimes, most of the time comes as the last priority of people's list because they want to sit on TikTok or Instagram and stuff like that, Tinder, I don't know, you know, whatever, um, and swipe. Um, and it just gets put to the to back of the list where it should really, like we mentioned the big rocks, that is a massive one, but it's not something that I'm going to say to gen pop guys, like, look, man, if you're not getting eight hours sleep, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I understand that people have got, <laughs> high pressure jobs or they've got a job like me where it's just like it's full on all the fucking time and I have to be up at a certain time and all that sort of stuff. So um, like it, 
it gets pushed down the list when it really shouldn't. Like it's really fucking important. And you're going to live longer as well, which is, that's great. Um, like te- that is scientifically proven. You will live longer. Um, so sleep for sure. Um, like stress management, that's just, again, a massive one. If you're stressed, you're probably going to hold fluid. And if you hold fluid, guess what's going to happen? You're going to put weight on. Okay, that's then going to probably fuck with your head and you don't want that at all. So sleep management, stress management, um, like, again, it might sound odd, but tracking how many times someone's go, someone goes for a shit. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like a lot of people laugh at that. And to be fair, even with gem pop clients, I like them to track it because, you know, someone might be shitting 10 times a day and it's just fluid. Okay. You'll I know be it's just... shitting 10 times a day. Hey, you'd be fucking surprised. Okay. But because they coach like as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, but there's people that will come to you and it's been going on for years and they think that's normal. It's like, right, well, yeah. that, that's not normal. So that's why I would track that because like what some people's normal is is not fucking normal. So stuff like yeah. that. Uh rest and heart rate, fasted blood glucose blood pressure especially if there's drugs involved you want to be keeping an eye on that sort of stuff um again these are all the the small things that people can track i'm not going to say they have to and can you get through an entire prep and get peeled and not track your blood glucose once yes you can (laughs) it's not the be all and end all okay and it's not going to get you more peeled and it's not going to make you lose weight quicker and stuff but it's a good measure of certain things across like a prep and stuff like that but like the extra the in my opinion the extra one percent that you're talking about and people think that's what they need is literally effort that's it in my opinion because even with a prep client a lot of this stuff doesn't really 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 matter you know because I, i go on about the sleep well I know some of my clients that are in the depths of prep and they're getting two or three hours a night. Is that optimal? No. But what can I do about it? I've just got to fucking get, you just got to get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are, you know, like you said, because before any of these metrics were tracked as well, bodybuilding has been around for a long, long time. Now, don't get me wrong, the standard of the sport and the people at the top of it has gone up massively. But... I, I do think I agree about the the effort side of it. And I actually think a lot of the time people look to, I actually said this on one of the other podcasts with Lucy, I think a lot of the time people will look to blame things like, oh, it must be because my blood glucose is off or it must be because I'm eating too many carbs or it must be, and it's, it's because no, you're not putting in the effort or being consistent or showing up regardless. Even if you, I think the big difference is if you do have a shit night's sleep, do you use that as an excuse to eat whatever you want for the day and sack off the gym? Or do you just go, right, today's going to be a bit harder because I've had a shit night's sleep. So yeah. I'm going to have to pull some magic out of the bag today. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the big difference is if you're not in a contest prep scenario, that's your prerogative, what you want to do. You know, you can decide, oh, actually, no, I'm going to take it easy today. But I think the one reason, and I always say it, I think a lot of people leave competing and they bash it and I will never bash it because it really taught me a level of discipline and work ethic that quite frankly normal dieting is a breeze now by comparison yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if you found that, like from competing, like when you would try and do a bit of a normal diet now, it does feel a lot easier. Lose, losing weight's a piece of piss. <laughs> what I've got to do, stick to five meals a day. Oh no, fucking hell, that's not hard. <laughs> to be fair, I've seen the amount you eat to put size on. I actually don't envy you there because I have to say from doing like from competing and, and my feedback, I think in 20, I can't remember what year it was now. Anyway, I think it was like 2018, 2019. I had to put on some muscle. So I did a proper like control bulk then probably the only time in my life I've really gone for it. And it was harder than any diet I've ever done. So gaining muscle is so much harder than losing body fat. Yeah. So much harder. Yeah. Yeah. I always think actually anybody that doesn't agree with that statement, I think has probably never done a proper bulk where they have pushed it and tried to to build that muscle because it is you're constantly full and obviously it's easy to to shove in calories when they're coming from like delivery but yeah. you know, when you're trying, when they're coming from five guys that's easy but you know, pick a mix like that's a no-brainer i can do that you know now on a saturday night but trying to do that every day consistently and still eat fruit and vegetables and still drink enough water and and i just remember as well constantly being sore but it wasn't because i wasn't recovering it was just because i was training so bloody hard so yeah i have to say actually as much as we're talking about fat loss on that one i do i do feel for big guys trying to put on size in that respect because it ain't easy and i and i mean i don't even have to throw gear i've never had to throw gear into the mix then but i can imagine that doesn't make you feel too fresh at points either so actually that's a question because i've touched on this on other podcasts um, and I've touched on how it is more common in like the female categories now with competing. But given that you coach a lot of females, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, the only way I'm going to be able to be successful in competing now is by taking some under the counter supplements, what would you say to them? Um, that you don't have to use drugs to be in shape. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is, if someone's claiming that, I can't do this because I'm going to have to take drugs is like a shit excuse. Mm. It's a really shit excuse um, because it's just a cop out. It's like, I've got people that are natty. I've got a female completing in two weeks. Who's completely natural, not taking anything. And she's fucking lean as shit. (laughs) Okay. And it's like a lot of people think, Oh, well, it's easier with drugs. Is it? Is it? Like, it's still fucking hard. Okay, like, you're still, like, if you're lean and you're in shape for a show, you're going to feel like shit no matter if you're on drugs or off drugs. Yeah. Simple. Um, Please don't be, like, unfortunately, there's a lot of coaches out there that aren't honest and will just put people on whatever the fuck they want. And whereas, especially with females... Okay. Well, no, actually, any client that I've got, okay, majority of the females, though, is that I'm not the one that talks about drugs. If they're natural, I'm never going to mention drugs, ever. Mm. They have to come to me and say, hey, bro, I've <laughs> been thinking about doing this. Can you tell me about it? Cool. Yeah. We're going to have some education there and be like, right, this is what this would do. This is what this would do. If we were going to start this... This is where I'd start it. This is probably what's going to happen. This might happen as a side effect. 
Do you know what I mean? So it's like, right, at the end of the day, I'm coaching adults and they can make their own fucking decisions. Okay. I ain't the one putting the needle in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, as long as, because again, I'm going to get people come to me wanting to use drugs and that's what they want to do. Now, instead of me going, got to go to a different coach for that. I know absolutely, well, not absolutely everything, but I know enough to know what everything does and what things could happen and all this sort of stuff. I'd rather they worked with me and did it in the safest way possible and get the most out of it. Simple. And, and, hopefully stay feminine but at the same time i also have female clients that literally don't give a shit about that and want to be fucking massive and they don't care about the consequences okay well we're gonna fucking ramp it up then yeah you know what i mean so don't don't be put off by like you think you need to take drugs like you don't okay you can get in shape without taking drugs simple yeah that's it and I think any good responsible coach will tell you that as well I think there's there's some times I've heard of girls coming to coaching for me and they're like they said I had to use something and, and I think sometimes some of these coaches are actually using it to hide what is effectively bad coaching yeah 100% um and you're so right in what you're saying as well about when people just go it's easier with drugs like don't get me wrong if somebody has got the genetics and the work ethic there the drugs will probably help take them to the next level yeah. but not if the genetics or the work ethic aren't there in the first place like they're not going to they're not magic like they're just going to help you achieve a higher level of your own potential they're not going to just you don't just take stuff and get jacked. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I've tried taking loads of stuff and not going, not going to the gym, and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. So, <laughs> oh, but yeah, thank you. I thought it'd be useful to touch on that because I think, again, sometimes I'm very cautious with this podcast of not just giving out blanket statements about stuff without giving both sides to things as well. Um. Okay, so we've talked about sleep and we've talked about the the sort of supplements under the counter are there any supplements that if somebody is looking this january to crank their fat loss up a notch that you would be like even if you're not competing spend your money on these fucking hell <laughs> just heard a bang my dog just fell over fucking hell <laughs> oh, this is like the most chaotic podcast ever <laughs> um like I'm, I'm really gonna give like a shit answer here, Laura, and I'm sorry for giving cool. a shit answer. Cool. But no, I don't recommend anything actually that's gonna speed up your fat loss. Yeah. I really don't. Like, yeah, you could argue a case for Yihimbine. Do you like feeling anxious in the morning? Because <laughs> I don't. So I don't fucking take the shit. Like, yes, it's legal. Yes, it's classed as natural and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, technically, it's not legal to take in the UK. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's not, and there's there has to be a reason for that. Do you know what I mean? So you're him buying for like people that don't know. So like you can use that in like natural federations, like and stuff like that. But it is technically banned in the UK. It's going to raise your heart rate, but it's also in turn then going to raise your anxiety. And I'm anxious enough as it is, so I don't like it. Yeah. Um. So you could argue a case for that for sure. Um. But no, unfortunately, the secret that you're looking for is follow the fucking plan and that will ramp up your fat loss. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that's probably not what people want to hear and that's the problem. And that's why people will sell you stuff because they know that what you want to hear is not 
just work harder, mate. Yeah. So, no, sorry. <laughs> creatine. Creatine will help you retain muscle, look better, all this sort of stuff. Be stronger in the gym. If you're stronger in the gym, you're going to get more results, all this sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah. No, I would have said the exact same thing. Okay, here's a question. Because you've made a few references so far to, like, clients having certain meals. <laughs> if somebody is really serious, they're like, right, I want to lose as much weight as possible this January meal plan or macros just for January. Yeah. Meal, well, meal plan it up. Yeah. It's it's the most consistent way. Yeah. It's like, right. I'm eating the same thing every fucking day. That might be boring, but you've asked for the most fucking efficient way to do it. And the quickest way to do it, you're going on a meal plan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I agree. And again, I think this is where we have to be careful because as much as I talk about things being flexible and sustainable, if I have, let's say, a shoot or something where I want to drop weight quickly, I put myself on a meal plan. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and again, assuming that consistency isn't an issue for you and adherence isn't an issue for you, like quite often what I do with my clients as well is I might be like, right, here are your macros, here's your calorie targets but use them to write your own meal plan based on what's in your fridge and what you like to eat. Cause then if you don't stick to that, that's on you, you picked it. Like you've chosen it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'd actually agree with that one. I think, or at the very, very least be, I'd be planning my next day's food the night before if I wanted to accelerate results. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So meal plan and macros, we've done that one. Yeah. If, somebody is thinking I want to lose weight as quickly as possible this January what should they absolutely not do oh what should they not do yeah not stick to the plan <laughs> <laughs> such a cop-out answer <laughs> uh, um follow the Atkins diet go on Weight Watchers anything <laughs> like that get yourself a good fucking coach that knows what they're doing and if you want to just do a month, just do a fucking month and get as much fat off as possible, but then don't put it back on. Yeah. Um, what should they absolutely not do? Restrict okay. carb. Okay, take out carbohydrates completely. Why? Take out fats completely. Why? Because you can eat fucking bread, potato, rice, and still lose fucking body fat. Okay, you can. Your carbohydrates are your main driver, driving force of energy. If there's no energy coming in, good luck burning energy and also good luck sticking to it. Yeah. Granted, like, again, if someone says to me, I need to lose the most amount of weight possible as fast as fucking possible, bro, and I don't care what it takes. Cool. You're eating protein only. Okay. And we're going to lose about 30 pounds in a month. <laughs> okay. Easy. But that's not fucking sustainable and you're not going to want to do that. Okay. Don't cut shit out. Just fucking use your brain. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have common sense. Yeah. You know. Well, I think a lot of people, they start their diets out of, like, desperation in January. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, I've really overdone it this Christmas. Yeah. Now I need to be super dramatic with it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about people going, like, really aggressive with their calorie deficits out the gate? Would you say, like, frozen. starting higher is better or... Yeah, what are your kind of general thoughts on somebody just going wham, aggressive calorie drop? Um, personality type. 
mm. all day. Like you, I would always say to someone, I'll push you as hard as I think you can fucking go. And there's still some people that surprise me and I feel like fucking hell, fair play. <laughs> but again, it's, you got to have the conversation. Like, cause some people will come to me saying, I want to do a protein sparing modified fast. I'm like, you said you want to do it. Let's do it. For people that don't know, that is zero carbohydrates, zero fats, protein and veg. That's it. Mm. Which is the most calorie restrictive diet you can do, but it's going to work. Yeah. You want to drop body fat? That's a fucking very quick way of doing it, but not sustainable. I I like an aggressive approach because it gets the job done. At the end of the day, you aren't, you aren't improving your physique normally if you're dieting. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, people are coming to me for a better physique. So... You know, I'd rather get them in and out. Like, you know, when people talk about mini cuts, there's a, there's a clue in the title, mini. I don't want you doing it forever. Exactly. So if I only want you to do it for four to six weeks, it's probably going to be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And I, the, the thing is as well, I think it's finding that balance though. Because I think sometimes people think, right, the lower my calories go, the better the results I'm going to see. And again, I think this is where you call it personality I call it dieting experience and just general ability to override their own brain because sometimes you know I notice it in myself because I've done so many diets and I'm pretty self-aware but when my calories get below a certain amount I just turn into a sloth like my enthusiasm to do everything goes but because I am tracking my steps and that sort of stuff, I can make myself still do it. But if somebody's listened to this and you're not tracking those metrics, there's a very strong possibility that actually, you know, adherence aside, because that's another thing, if your calories are too low, you're more likely to sneak stuff in without thinking about it. But actually, if you just start to move less day to day, you've now reduced the size of your deficit. Whereas actually sometimes going a little bit higher with those calories can make you move a bit more and increase the size of that. So again, I think it's somebody's level of like awareness and experience with that in themselves and their ability to go, I feel really tired, like I can't be asked to train, but I'm still going to go and get it done. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of stuff as well. Mm. Can you still hear me if I broke up then? No, I can hear you. Cool. Okay. So final question, and then I'll let you leave this podcast where the signal keeps dipping (laughs) if somebody wants to enjoys eating out a lot but they're saying to you yeah (laughs) but they're saying to you i'm a big fan as well but they're saying to you that um they want to see as quick a results as possible in january what would be your advice around eating out food's always gonna be there it's 28 days man fucking get over it like i don't want to sound like i don't want people to be miserable and can you still go out and get goals yes but if someone says i want to do this and it requires you're probably not going to be able to go out then fucking suck it up it's 30 days man come on like that's not difficult technically mentally yeah it might be a little bit difficult if you use that if you have to go out and stuff. I'm not a big fan of right. We're gonna we're gonna bank calories. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Because what I like to try and teach people is go out and order like a fucking adult, not a child. You don't have to order the entire menu. 
So I don't want, because at the end of the day, if it's like, right, for the next five days, you've got to do more cardio and you've got to eat less. You're going into that off-plan meal hungry as fuck. You're going to eat more. Yeah. So on the day, all I'm going to say is take out your biggest meal or two of your biggest meals and replace it with something that's not on your plan. Just don't order like a twat. That's it. And then the next day, just get back on it. Yeah. Your off-plan meal is not ruining your progress. You having four of them a week is what's ruining your progress. <laughs> yeah, or four of them in one sitting. Is usually yeah, all that, yeah. Yeah. I always say to clients as well, like if the end goal is to keep the weight off long-term, at some point you are going to need to learn to have your shit together around food in a restaurant. So yeah. why not use those meals as an opportunity to practice eating yeah. in that way? Correct. Um, but yeah, and, and again, I agree. Like I always say to clients as much again, as I preach about, I want, you know, not, not to put life on hold. I want my clients to be able to go out and live life at the same time. If somebody says to me, Laura, how do I speed up my fat loss? I say, make more of your food yourself at home. Because yeah. just because the calories are written on the menu, that doesn't mean that they're the calories that you're actually consuming. The chef in the restaurant does not give two shits about your macros. He cares about getting the food out and making it taste all right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, cool. Well, we've managed to ramble, I think, for an hour-ish. <laughs> but um, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and especially putting up with what is shocking Wi-Fi connection from this end. So if people want to find out more about you or they're thinking about coaching or prep or anything, where is the best place for them to get in touch? Uh, Instagram, best place to get in touch, coached by Christian, all one word, no no dashes, no numbers. I am the original, all right? Because you've got a weird guy, haven't you, that pretends to be you? Yeah, coached by Christan. <laughs> Fucking idiot, selling crypto. Um, I don't trade in crypto, just FYI, so you know that. <laughs> um, you can DM me, I'm always on my DMs, so you can DM me. Or if you click the link in my link tree, there is a button that says inquire Christian. It takes you straight through to my WhatsApp and we can chat on there. Um, that's the best way. If you want to watch my shit, YouTube, just type in Christian Chapman. You'll see me. Cool. I will pop all of those links in the comments on this podcast so they don't end up being sold crypto by Christian. <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening and thank you for Christian for coming on board and I will catch you all in the next episode.